We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. IB Nation, what's going on? Welcome to the Notre Dame Recruiting Hour, a part of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. I'm Ryan Roberts, Director of Recruiting here at irishbreakdown.com. Joined by my guy, Mr. Sean Davis, Recruiting Analyst here at the site, as well as the co-host of the Lucky Lefty Podcast. You can find that on the CFB Nation podcast platform, as well as if you go on YouTube, you can search uh, Lucky Lefty Podcast. So you'll find that very quickly on there. Have an exciting show for you all today. We're in the midst of spring ball, which means every single weekend now, pretty much, there's a big recruiting weekend, right? We talked about this last last Monday, trying to update you on the most recent visitors to Notre Dame, and that's what we're going to do this Monday as well. We're going to talk about some intel that we dropped on the board. It was from the staff. Um, We we put it out as the staff because for people that don't know, just briefly, don't want to hit on this too much because this is not what we're here for. I had a little bit of a tough week. So this effort to put together a lot of intel on the recruiting side was a full staff effort, as it usually is, as it always is. But I really wanted to kind of just shout out both Sean and Brian Driscoll, especially for, you know, getting a lot of the work in this weekend, man, and helping me out and, you know, kind of picking up the slack that I unfortunately left just kind of with everything that was going on. So we have a lot of great intel, though. It is the recruiting visitor intel for April 1st, if you are on the message board. That has a plethora from the IB staff of information about 2024 kids that were on cla- on 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 sites at Notre Dame this past weekend, as well as 2025. So you should go sign up at boards.irishbreakdown.com because we're basically going to review all the stuff we found out this weekend. But if you were signed up to the message board, you would have found this out yesterday. So want to go make sure you go sign up there. Second segment of the podcast, we're going to do a little bit of a recap of some of the recent offers Notre Dame made over this past week. It was only three players that were added to the board, one 2024 player, and then two 2025s. So we're going to hit on them and do what we do best around here, watch some film and just kind of break it down and see what we're working with with football players. And then we'll hit a mailbag at the end, right? So mailbag questions in the chat. Just put a MB in front. We already had, I think, eight questions before the podcast even started because you know how all you do here at the at the uh, at Irish Breakdown, man, and in the chat room. So keep throwing in those MB questions. We'll hit on that in the third segment of the show. Sean, though, man, 
It's good to see you, first and foremost. We have a Thank lot you. to talk about, sir. A whole lot to talk about. A lot of players on campus, a lot of big visits, a lot of revelations is how I would kind of say it, Sean. Like there's some players we thought Nordian was very high on. After the weekend, we are convinced that they are very high on them, which is some things we're hearing. And there's other players that we know that we've liked a ton, but maybe Notre Dame isn't quite as high on. So we'll, we'll kind of get into digging into a lot of that this past weekend, man. But it's good to see you, brother. It's very good to see oh. you. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good to see you, bro. Back at it. Great weekend. Uh, just got to watch the recruiting weekend up close and personal. And uh, the two big kids that were on campus, 25 and 24, Caleb Beasley, Deuce Knight. By the way, hey, I mistook Deuce Knight for a basketball player. He's tall, man. He's so really real tall. tall. You, can ask, you can ask B. Drisk. I'm like, man, who? Like, no, he is legit. Like, I'm sure when they measured him, they were like, oh, okay. <laughs> He yeah. he's he's one of those six four kids, Sean. That is legit six foot four. Oh, you know, man. like he's not six two and a half. Say he's six four. Like he's six man. four. You know how I know because not only was he towering over guys like Marcus Freeman, he was standing next to Gino Gaduli, the quarterback coach. And Gino is legit like six four and a half, six five, and he looked right. just as tall as him. Right. So you're yeah, like, exactly. yeah, he's tall, man. He's, he's tall. tall. I'm like, yo, is this kid gonna get any taller? He's still a <laughs> sophomore. Like it's crazy. It's so funny because I'll be. Near him at the end of the month, I'll be taking a trip with my dad back home to uh, Macomb, Mississippi, to take care of some family business. And yeah. I looked it up. It's like an hour and a half from Loosedale. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, man. That's, that's, he's closer to New Orleans than he is. He's more probably more of a New Orleans kid. That's the thing about the tip of Mississippi. Yep. People that live at the southern tip of Mississippi are more like New Orleans, Louisiana kids than they are Mississippi kids. Yep. Which, well, that kind of gives me a, a little bit tidbit of like his makeup. Yeah. No, that's it's true. I, and I, Sean, I, I think this is the best way to do it, man. There was mostly 2024 kids on campus, but you already started this talk about Deuce Knight, man. So let's bang out the 2025 kid that was on campus. Of course, we're talking about quarterback out of Loosedale, Mississippi. 6'4", 185 pounds, 2025 recruit. So he's just a mm-hmm. sophomore in high school. Yeah. But, man, and we played, his, we played his film on the podcast, I think, last week or the week before, Sean. Kid's very good. He is a lefty. I know someone said something about that in the chat. Yes, he is a left-handed thrower. 
Very talented, Sean. I watched him throw the ball like three or four times. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that, that's legit. That's legit. And then he ran the football, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's a dual threat kid, man. That's a really interesting player. What we had on the Intel piece, I have had the chance to message back and forth with Deuce. And I also have a I have a phone call with him tonight, actually. So you guys should have a nice update either tonight on the message board and tomorrow on irishbreakdown.com as far as that conversation. Because I, I see that there's a couple people talking about in the chat, Sean, as far as like interviews he's done after the visit and timelines. And it seems like there's a little bit of, you know, kind of inconsistent information a little bit. Like not not yeah. bad, like, oh, these guys are making things up. Just like as far as timelines and stuff, like maybe a couple different timelines that are out there. Yeah. So I'll be able to update you all as far as what Deuce's legit timeline is, at least what he tells me. But I will say this, Sean. I, I coined it like this, right? Coming into this visit, Deuce Knight was very intrigued by Notre Dame, right? Notre Dame has done a great job. They have made him feel like an absolute priority in the 2025 class from the jump, right? And he knows about what Notre Dame could bring, you know, from the, you know, everything alumni base and, you know, after yeah. football and that perspective, right? And his brother is actually Ty Freifogel, who played at Indiana. So it's not like he's foreign to north, you know, northern in general, yeah. being from Mississippi. But he didn't know too much about Notre Dame. He told me that in just kind of a visit preview that I did with him. That like he knows Notre Dame, but like he doesn't actually know Notre Dame, right? Like he doesn't know enough about them. So getting up was a big opportunity for him to really do his digging. From both sides, it looks like, one, I'll say this from Deuce Knight's side of things, right? I think he messed with the coaches fantastically. Talked a lot about Marcus Freeman. Talked a lot about Gino Caduli. I think that that really stood with him, man. He's a relationship kid. He's definitely a relationship kid. On the other side, sources that we have close to Notre Dame, they feel like they really moved the needle with Deuce Knight. And, I mean, there's some people that think that they might even be the leader for Deuce Knight right now, leaving that visit. So timeline aside for a second, Sean, the quarterback class in 2025 is silly talented, man. Like we're going to talk about Bryce Underwood. We're going to talk about George McIntyre. Cutter Boldly was just on campus last week. Deuce Knight. We believe that Deuce is right near the top of that list, though, as far as Notre Dame, where they where they look, visualize these quarterbacks. And, man, they really took a great step forward with Deuce Knight this weekend, man. Really, really moved the needle, I think, with the Mississippi quarterback. I think what you saw from this young man was buy-in. I Look, we're sitting there and we're watching practice. And this is why it, it looked awkward because we usually watch practice and we're used to the recruits being on either sideline with their parents, right? And so – I kept watching the scrimmage. I'm like, who is this kid? Who is this basketball player standing next to Geno? Like, he's just in the middle of the field, like right behind the quarterbacks, the entire practice. I'm like, who, who is that? And, you know, Brian's like, that's Deuce Knight. I'm like, oh, word? I'm like, so I didn't really take it because there's two ways you can take that. I didn't even take it as Notre Dame was giving him the VIP treatment. I'm like, yo, for a young man to want to be away from everybody else and be like behind the quarterbacks watching, like hearing Gino Gadouli coach and hearing That's the so calls and watching the plays, I'm like, 
Yo, he's different. <laughs> he's different. He has a different level of interest in I mean, what's going on. So when you talk about that, it, yeah, from just watching the interaction, you darn right him and Gino Gadouli got along. Like it was yeah. that was obvious. It, it was very obvious. And I'll just say this because I kind of mentioned it earlier today. I'm gonna be honest, man. I think Marcus Freeman has become very comfortable in his skin in his yep. second year. And I think he stepped into um, whatever that uh, place is without the, the outside covering or shell of trying to be what everybody thought he should have been or needs to be in the first year. Right. And he's just a flat out star. I'm telling you, just to watch these kids like around him. Like he's a star, like their level of giddiness to like meet him and take photos. It's like, yo, it's a, we say it all the time. If he wins, college football is in trouble. If he wins, because he is the primary reason Caleb Beasley was on campus. Yes. You know, so, and that's saying something considering Mike Mickens has done an incredible job recruiting yes. the cornerback position. But it's like, man, he is for kids like Justin Scott, Caleb Beasley, uh, Deuce Knight. They want to play for the they, – they come away with a feeling of, man, I want to play for this dude. Yes. Or I can see myself playing for this dude and playing for these coaches. And that's that's a fantastic, fantastic thing to watch kind of unfold right before our eyes at Notre Dame. It, it really is. But I was – that was the one thing that stood out to me. And I didn't even look at it as Notre Dame giving him VIP treatment. I'm like, wait a minute. Did he ask to come out to the middle of the field? You know, because most recruits are cool with just watching from the sideline. Yep. Now, that kid was like, no, I want to be in the middle of the action. And he was taller than every quarterback. That was another thing. I'm like, it's bigger than all the quarterbacks in red jerseys. Like, yeah. this is – if if Notre Dame gets Deuce Knight, Sean, after getting CJ Carr at six two and a half, six three, and the Deuce Knight at six foot four, they can't make the six foot jokes anymore, man. The no, six foot jokes are over. That's over. That's over. Sean, That's I mean, over. Sean, like, think about this, man. A couple years from now, flash forty in the future, if Notre Dame gets a commitment from Deuce Knight, I mean, even like he's not the only tall quarterback on the twenty twenty five board, though, right? Like George McIntyre six yeah. five, Cutter Bowley six foot five. You know, there's a lot of taller guys on the quarterback board, but just imagine a future if they get a commitment from Deuce Knight where you have Deuce Knight, CJ Carr, Kenny Minchie's going to be your shortest quarterback at just a hair under six foot two. Like, what a man. change that has from, taken place over the last couple of years, man. As right, far as the prototype. And Jelly's about what, six two? Yeah, he's over six two. He's almost six yeah. three. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. Kenny Minchie's going to be your shortest quarterback potentially in a few years. I'm glad they changed the narrative, right? Yeah. And, you know, this is a discussion. I don't know if it's Brian or myself, but just like, you know, would he have been a target, a top target, if certain coaches were still around? You know, um, because we feel like, I don't know, you you went over his film. Yeah. He's not as polished as a no. CJ or a Kenny Minchie, right? Yep. Uh, the competition he probably faces is probably not – at the same level that CJ and Kenny face. Right. But you talk about just raw talent. Yes. 
Sean, here's a, here's a, here's a take. Ready? Here's a take. And again, 2025 board for Notre Dame is silly talented quarterback. I mean, I already mentioned Cutter Bowley. Mm-hmm. Already mentioned George McIntyre. Bryce Underwood's on there, who's the number one quarterback in the class. I think he has a good argument to being the top player in the 2025 class right now. Antoine Hill is a really toolsy quarterback that has been offered by Notre Dame as well. But I would say this, Sean, if you ask me who has the most raw potential and upside, I think most would probably say Bryce Underwood, but I would actually say that's probably Deuce Knights, right? And that right now, Bryce Underwood is the best quarterback on that board. I don't think well, it's, absolutely. it's close. Not close. I'm not going to say it's not particularly close, but like he is substantially the top quarterback. I'll be interested in seeing him next to others once their group goes through the Elite 11. Yes. Thing. Then we'll start to see, you know, because people thought, I'll be honest, people thought the competition was close in the 23 class. And yeah. then we actually saw Dante throw. <laughs> yes. And it was like, okay. Sean, I, I saw <laughs> I saw I saw Dante throw down in San Antonio, man. I'm like, this isn't close, guys. Like he's the best quarterback in this class. It's not it's Easily. not actually that close. It's Easily. not that close. It's not even close. Like, like Nico's really talented. Malachi's really talented. Like they're all talented, man. Yeah. But Dante was the best quarterback in that class, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think it was pretty substantial. This quarterback class, I think Bryce right now is that guy, but if, if you told me three years from now that Deuce Knight is the – or I guess five years from now because we're talking about sophomores in high school, right? But mm-hmm. if you told me five years from now that Deuce Knight is the best quarterback out of this group, I'd be like, all right, I could I could see that, right? It's just all about development with that type of kid because he is super toolsy, man. Can run, can throw, just really smart kid as well. High academic kid as well, Yeah, which I think is a big layer. So Deuce Knight – Big move with Notre Dame. I also think he's probably my favorite. I think he's my favorite quarterback on the board right now, Sean, as far as like just guys that I really I gravitated towards. Again, yep. not say he's the best. Bryce yep. Underwood's the best right now. But like he, I just gravitate towards him for some reason, mm-hmm. man. I don't know what it is. Yep. I, th- I think maybe it's because I've gotten to know him a little bit too. And yep. really good kid, man. Like really good kid. So he just kind of hits all those vantage points, you know, which is always yeah. nice. I can tell you right now Malik lost his mind. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure oh, he's a lefty. Of course, he Malik, did. Malik lost his mind <laughs> yeah. just 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 over the height. He was like, "We're recruiting somebody like this." He was like, "Okay." He's like, "Now we want to go somewhere, right?" And he was yeah. like, "Yo," he was like, "He said I wouldn't even mess with him too much. Just his footwork and just speed up his process and delivery a little bit." He said, "That's it." Yeah. Other than that, I'm just gonna let his natural ability just play out. Like, I'm not about to tinker with him a whole bunch. Just let him play. But let him learn. And he was like, yo, he's going to be a big-time talent. So I, I, I'm right there with you, Ryan. He is – he's at the top of the quarterback list for me. And I'm Bryce J. Underwood. We've been talking about him for, like, the last year and a half. So Stud, man. Stud. He is who he yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> he really is, man. He's a really – Dynamic player, but Deuce Knight is a dynamic talent as well. So keep your eyes forward to that update I should have on Deuce tonight for the message board, tomorrow on irishbreakdown.com. So you make sure to subscribe to the boards at irishbreakdown.com. Make sure that you get some intel there. Sean, let's move into some of the 2025 kids, though, man, because there was yeah. a lot of them that we need to hit on here. And I, I, man, I'm just really, I'm really excited about some of the things I heard this weekend, Sean. Like there was a lot of really good news and there's, you know, a couple of things that you hear that you're just like, that's not ideal. And that's not from a, 
Notre Dame didn't do a good job on the visit. I didn't talk to a single kid, and as a staff, we didn't talk to a single kid that didn't have a great visit, right? But just from, you know, just a couple of things we'll, we'll talk, we'll dig into here. For, first note that I want to make before we dive into Kayla Beasley, who Sean just hit on a little bit, who is out of Lipscomb Academy in the state of Tennessee, committed to the University of Tennessee. David Washington, who is a wide receiver out of Arbor View High School in Las Vegas, Nevada, did not make the trip to Notre Dame. From the sound of it, it's just kind of, you know, Notre Dame has guys a little higher on the board and just, you know, there's they're just kind of going a different direction with that one. And Isaiah Mosey, who's a 2025 wide receiver out of Missouri, was also not able to make the trip. That one, I believe, was weather-related. So David chose um, – it was obviously a mutual understanding for David Washington not to come. But Isaiah Mosey was more weather-related because we know that South Bend was a little bit uh, a little bit dicey from the weather oh, perspective this, uh, it was, this weekend, man. It bit. was bananas. Sean, Saturday nights – or was it Friday night? Friday nights. Yeah, wait, was Saturday night the um, the let the well the tornado the storm came through the Midwest on yes. Friday. Yes, I actually had a tornado touchdown like a mile away from my house Friday night. Wild man, and it was like a hailstorm. It was bananas. Had water in my basement, and I drove through a storm going to practice. So yeah, Friday into Saturday. In, in the Northwest Indiana and Chicago area was Saturday crazy. night. Then man, Saturday night, there was a tornado that touched down pretty close to me. We were also in a tornado warning and hail was coming down, brother. Yes. It was, it was a little scary. It was like seven thirty yeah. at night. I was like, it was dark outside. It was ominous. It was ugly, man. It was really ugly here in Jersey Saturday night, but yes, yes, it was a uh, crazy weather over the weekend. So I don't, I don't blame anybody, you know, Isaiah Mosey for not making the trip, man. It was a little bit dicey, obviously making the trip from Missouri. So just, you know, unfortunate one that he wasn't able to make it, but a few players that were able to make it, Sean, we'll start with Caleb Beasley again out of Lipscomb Academy in mm-hmm. Tennessee. This timeline has been fascinating, Sean, going back to the summer when they were all at the Irish invasion, it was yeah. CJ Carr, Cam Williams, Jack Larson, and Caleb Beasley was the fourth guy that we talked about a lot after that event, man, because those guys seemed to really hit it off that event, right? right. And then soon after, CJ comes off the board, Cam comes off the board, Jack comes off the board. You're just like, yeah, man, that's the that's the nucleus that was created a little bit at the yeah. Irish Invasion. And you felt really good about where Caleb was with Notre Dame as well. But I think that Tennessee really rode the wave of momentum throughout the year. You know, they won 10 games. Josh Heupel seems to have it going in the right direction. Really good. Really good, um, you know, direction that I think the Tennessee program is going in. So they landed a commitment from Caleb Beasley. We know a couple months ago, Sean, though, there was a basketball game that Marcus Freeman went to Caleb Beasley to see uh, Caleb Beasley play. Caleb Beasley was excited. That would be an understatement to say that he was really excited for that. And getting him to come on campus, man. Someone just said it in that type of weather, in that type of storm. Being able to get him to come up from the state of Tennessee to Notre Dame on an unofficial visit, yeah, it's kind of big time, man. It's kind yeah. of big time. So no one can sit here and say that there's no interest from Caleb Beasley. Now, this one after the visit, we were told that they really struck a note heavy with the parents and the family. They have made the family a priority. They have made Caleb Beasley a priority. And everyone asks this question, Sean, of who are the guys in this class that are going to be takes at any point, no matter what, no matter if they fill up or don't. 
Caleb Beasley's always going to be that guy, man. They could have three corners committed in the class. Yeah. They're going to take Caleb Beasley. Yeah. They're going to take him, right? So this one is not one where we're going to say he's going to flip to Notre Dame in the next week or two, right? Like that's not what we're saying here. But what I am telling you is, is that Caleb definitely has an affinity for Notre Dame, and Notre Dame is not stopping, guys. Not stopping. They are being relentless with this recruitment. They have made Caleb Beasley a priority to try to get into this class, and they're relentless, Sean. I feel like Notre Dame made some really positive impact this weekend with Caleb Beasley. And that's great to hear, right, because you put the pressure on Tennessee to follow things up. Because you know the season they had was one of the big reasons that led to Beasley along with fellow Tennessee prep stars to commit to that program. Tennessee has to back that up, right? Notre Dame is building. The fact that Notre Dame went 9-4 and four and is still in the hunt and making an impression on the parents and the love that this young man has, obviously, for Marcus Freeman. Look, Notre Dame has the ability with this 23 season to turn the heat up on Tennessee. And I expect, I really do expect at some point in the fall that Caleb Beasley will have a very difficult decision to make. I'll say this, Sean. If Caleb, if they get Caleb Beasley to take an official to Notre Dame, I think Notre Dame is going to pull it off. I really do. If they get him yeah. to take an official before or during the season, mm-hmm. I think Notre Dame has a legitimate chance to flip Caleb. I yeah. really do, man. Because I think that he really loves Notre Dame, man. Yeah. I do. I yeah. really do. And like Jason Smith just said, Sean, it's a long way from sending that fax in, right, man? Notre Dame has time mm-hmm. to get this one in their in their in their wheelhouse. They do, yeah. man. I, I think they have a chance. They, they think they have a chance. It's about continuing to send that message consistently and backing it up on the field to your point. And let me tell you something. If you want to talk about like scrimmages, I talked about Justin Scott's visit, right? And how it was physical, the practice and how he pointed out the intensity and the skirmishes and the fights between the defensive line and the offensive line. And there's an old, uh, video that plays on NFL Network at times with Mike Singletary. I think he's playing the Packers and he's telling the offensive lineman, hey, I like this type of party, baby. And it's like that. If you could like form a practice for Justin Scott to be on the sideline, that would have been the perfect practice for him to watch. Like, yes, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I like as a defensive lineman from Chicago. And it's the same thing. If you could have formed you could not have formed a better practice than what Benjamin Morrison did on Saturday. With Caleb Beasley right there, Benjamin Morrison put on a show. It didn't matter what wide receiver he was defending. He locked them all down in practice. Everybody. No one got anything. And I'm like, I don't know if Notre Dame is like forming these practices based upon the people they have on the sideline with these recruits, but these practices are going the exact way they need to go to really impress some of these young men. I'm, I'm telling you, if he watched, if he, Caleb Beasley, watched Benjamin Morrison on Saturday, because you know he knows who he is. Sure. He knows. And he watched. Every, everyone does. Home. All the corners that, that have been on campus know who Benjamin yeah. Morrison is. Let me tell you something, man. The way he – and he wasn't playing – he didn't play any off coverage, bro. None. It was almost like he took it personal. No off coverage. 
Well, he's, he's probably made it the WWE media department, Sean. Every catch you see right now they're yes. highlighting is against Benjamin yes. Morrison. It's yes. just like the, the one player practice that they get Benjamin Morrison. Where, we're going to highlight that. Where he knew, like, oh, the media's going to be here for the full practice? Okay. Watch this. And he put on a show. I was just like, yo, this, <laughs> this kid is amazing. I guess we don't have to worry about a sophomore slump. Let's hope, man. Let's hope. Because if – I mean, Sean, these types of players, though, they're the ones that create a pipeline. You yes. know, they're the ones yes. that you look at Benjamin Morrison going from freshman All-American to All-American. The next cornerback after that in 2024, 25, 25 is like, I want to be that guy. Yes. You know, I want to be that. And that matters. It really yes. does. You know, we, yeah. we can pretend like it doesn't, but that 100% matters. So, yeah, that's where we are with Caleb Beasley, though, Sean. Very good update there. Obviously, both sides, I think, had a tremendous visit and feel pretty good about where Notre Dame is with Caleb. But it's one, again, where Notre Dame has set the precedent that this is a priority target for them in 2024. They got to keep plugging along. Keep plugging along. Keep plugging along. And let's see what happens when the pen is put to the paper. You know, this time, uh, well, not this time next year, but... Next this January, is, I should say. This is fun. This is fun. Because this is normally happening to Notre Dame. Right? They jump out early on a kid, either get him to commit, and then here come the Sharks. Here comes Georgia. Here comes Ohio State. Here comes Alabama, right? Yep. This time, Marcus Freeman and Notre Dame are like, okay, Josh Heupel, we're coming. We're coming. And that's like pressure now with a new quarterback. Yes. <laughs> and some big losses on defense, Josh Heupel. Yeah, you have to follow up that season. You can't go nine and four. You can't go nine and four. You're you absolutely can't go right. Nine you, and can't. Four? you can't. You can't. Because no. it's the SEC. So we know that every single week mm-hmm. that every single every single year, I should say, you know, you're talking about competing against SEC schools if you're if you're Tennessee, right? Yeah. So having that ability to really showcase that there is some type of sustainability is big time in the SEC because one year could be Tennessee. The next we're back to like it's Georgia and Georgia, Alabama and everybody else. Like we right. could be back to there. I mean, there was right. a couple of years ago, Sean, where you're like, Kentucky might be that next team, you right. know, like they might be that next team. And they kind of took a step back this past year as well. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of the revolving door. So Tennessee has the ability to show it's sustainable then they're going to continue to get those types of recruits. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about it. But the minute that you show that maybe it was a little bit of a fluke, just slightly, then things can kind of go haywire a little bit. Yep. But Caleb Beasley, man, good visit from them. Want to go to now, Sean? We're going to go to State of Connecticut with this night with this next update. Cheshire Academy has two offensive line. I'm uh, sorry, two defensive linemen, Sean, Jacob and Jared Smith. Jared is more of the strong side defensive end, potentially three tech down the line, depending on how his body body develops. Jacob Smith is the true Viper, 6'4, 225, 230 pounds. Last time I checked in with him a couple months ago, he was 227. So he might be over 230 at this point. They were last year, actually the last two years, they have been at the Loomis Chaffee School up there. And now they they're in a position now, Sean, where they have actually transferred to Cheshire Academy for their senior campaigns. 
these these are two twins that we have felt good about with Notre Dame for some time. I mean, for several months. The question has always been for them, though, for me, Sean, was when are the Smith twins going to make their decision? You know, I've talked to both of them a lot over the last few months, you know, and it's always the same. It's like, you know, we'd like to sometime in the spring, sometime in the summer, maybe before the season. But like, it's like there's no definity to that timeline. You know, you never hear the definity in that in that sense. Well, I got a much more defined outlook this weekend, Sean. Talked to Jared Smith. He was the one that kind of dropped this information to me. We should expect that the Smith Twins are going to drop a top five school list sometime in the near future. I would expect over the next week or two. And then they made it sound like shortly after that might be commitment time, right? Like it might be that final push to make it a commitment. So this one was a end of summer decision, it seemed like at some points, but this might be a spring decision that happens with the Smith Twins. I think, once again, Notre Dame did a tremendous job with the Smith Twins. Jacob talked a whole lot about the impact that each coach has had on him. He said from Al Golden to the training staff and everyone in between, Coach Freeman and Al Washington and everybody that he's talked to and had ability to have a conversation with, that they have made them feel like a priority. They have made them feel very comfortable. Obviously, they are they are two players, Sean, that I think really value relationships. That's one thing that both of them have been super consistent on. We do believe that this is a package deal. This is what whoever school ends up getting Jacob Smith is also going to get Jared Smith and vice versa. Like this is a package deal. A lot of good programs are on these kids. I know there's a varying mixed opinions on the Smith twins. We could talk about that in the mailbag if people want to. Like we could talk about thoughts on it. All I know is that Alabama has is pushing for them. George is pushing for them. Like, go look at that Smith twins offer list, man. Like, it's not it's not a bunch of nobodies, right? Yeah. Like, it's a pretty dang impressive offer list. So feel very good though about Notre Dame being in that top five when the when the Smith twins do drop their top five list, so Sean. And ultimately, I think that they're gonna be hard to beat for the Smiths, Notre Dame being. He kind of felt that way early on. I think Al Washington, this probably was one of his best uh, or earliest connections in recruiting the Smith twins. And they did a really good job. They came in for that, that day in January where they did the whole, you know, get dressed up as secret service and the kids come in. And, you know, I remember the story behind that, how that almost went left with some of the recruits. But, you know, they've done a great job with every visit. Um, just really hitting a home run. Because I remember that visit, they had commits on campus as well, but yep. they allowed the 25, 24 kids to, that were uncommitted to experience everything together yep. without the pressure of the committed kids. And then the next visit, like you hear about this weekend, and this weekend was really about having conversations, kind of similar to what we heard about Justice Scott, right? You get to a certain point with certain recruits, You've built the relationship. You know the relationship that exists. Now it's okay. You know, what's going on? Like, like let us know what the truth is. Let us know where we stand and, you know, your decision-making process and all of that. So I think the Smiths, um, Justin Scott, uh, they're in a similar timeline to me as far as late, late spring-ish. Late spring or early yeah. summer. Yeah. As far as uh, decisions, 
uh, Kayla Beasley goes until National Signing Day. Like, in my opinion, like you know, that's that's even, a battle even, to the end. Even if he flips sometime before or during the season, Sean, it's still yeah. one of those ones where people are not going to stop recruiting Kayla Beasley. No. To your point, so not going to no. stop. No, so, but I'm glad that they're a package deal, and I'm very interested in how people view them. Yeah, you know, it's it, a lot of negative, a lot of negative on the board at least about the Smith twins. But yeah, you know, I, so someone I, someone just asked about them though, so we'll talk about them in the mailbag yeah. at that point. We will talk about them. So Notre Dame feels good about where they are with them. I think that the Smith twins also reciprocates that heavy interest in Notre Dame. I think ultimately when they do make that decision, because again, there's some top schools coming after them. I know Michigan's done a really nice job with the Smith twins as well. I think Notre Dame is going to be very hard to beat. It's, it's kind of where we are. So that's mm-hmm. kind of the most recent update there. Sean, I want to go now to Central Catholic out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, linebacker Cole Sullivan, Sean, mm-hmm. who seems like he is getting closer and closer to potentially making the decision, Sean. Why do I say that? Because he had the whole the whole family on this trip, Sean. He had the parents. He had the grandparents. Everybody came to town. And that's kind of been the trend on recent visits is I think that Cole is really getting into that you know, I want to check out these certain schools and really find that right fit. We've talked about, obviously, we're talking about Notre Dame here, but Michigan's doing a really good job with him. Penn State is also doing a really good job with him. I'd say that that is probably the top three schools right now for Cole Sullivan. I feel like Notre Dame made a really nice move with Cole Sullivan this this week, Sean. But this is one where you have to be relentless to the end if you really want Cole to eventually or Cole to commit to Notre Dame when he ultimately does make that decision. I don't think this is a foregone conclusion in Notre Dame. I think people should get that out of their heads that this is just like low-hanging fruit and this is the only school that is going to take Cole Sullivan. Like Michigan will take him today. Penn State will take him today. They're going to be in heavy, heavy, um, heavy competition for Cole Sullivan. But I think by every all accounts that we have on both sides, this did went very well. And I think they moved the needle with Cole. It's just about out be- beating Michigan and Penn State down the stretch for when he does make that commitment. And with you saying that, you know, his film, the more I watched, the more I said, okay, I think I like this kid more than I liked them when I heard about the offer. Yeah. And to see him bring his family, right? There were a lot of kids because for the first time I spent, I usually go upstairs immediately. For the first time, I spent a lot of time down on the field. Yeah. And there were just a lot of families there that that had purpose, right? So I saw a couple of tight end, you know, tight ends that were there, like literally come over to Jared Parker and watch the tight end drills with their with their with their parents, like intently, like watching how this group is being coached. And I saw other parents do the same thing, go across the field to get closer to certain positional groups. So that was intent and purpose. And when you talk about Cole Sullivan, that's that's what you kind of felt. And the intel you got is spot on because they were locked in. They were locked into that linebacker group. And I'll be honest, man, people can say what they want to say. I, I've said it. I said it at the practice. The, the the two most two two of the three most athletic linebackers at Notre Dame mm-hmm. are the two are freshmen. <laughs> yeah, dude. I I heard. Uh, I obviously I wasn't there, Sean, but I heard Drake Bowen was playing outside of his mind on Saturday. Man, just playing insane. Well, 
<laughs> I kind of gave you the intel like a week earlier, but I can't officially. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Uh, when, we're, when we're old and, and gray, Sean, and retired, then we could give people that story. But we'll yes, still yes. laugh about that because we <laughs> yes. laughed about it. We laughed about it Saturday upstairs. That's yeah. too funny, man. That's so but funny. No, but yeah, it's the linebacker room, I think is take by leaps and bounds. Now, yep. I wonder, my question is, the coaching is definitely being impacted. We talked about this, like Max Bullock is the new voice you hear above everybody. Yes. Heard his name a lot when I talked to Kingston last week, Sean. Yeah. Kingston Viamu, Asa out of St. John Bosco, a lot. And I know see, you're talking about on the field, but I'm talking about yeah. off the field too. You're starting now, to hear his name. That, see, now that is important because that's where I was headed, Double R. That's why I was yep. headed. I don't know if it's going to be Al Golden, particularly heading up things, or if Max Bullock is, is going to jump into the same spot and responsibilities that James Knight has had for the group of yeah. linebackers in 24. But I love hearing his name being mentioned, yes. right? Because he coached – you talk about somebody that is coaching the hell out of Jaden Osbury and Drake Bowen. Yeah, man. Man, they are getting it. Rep after rep, play after play. I don't care if they're going through a, 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 a drill that really most of us will watch and say, oh, okay, they are getting ear holes. With information like balance, get down. Yeah. He's just man hammering because, and when you hear that, you know, coaches used to tell me if I shut up, then you should feel bad or have a problem. Yeah. Like as long as I'm saying something to you, that's because I think you have potential to be better yes. or to be good. So uh, you, you don't waste your time on people that you don't have potential with. Absolutely. You don't think they have potential. You don't waste absolutely. your time with those types. Absolutely. Absolutely. But Cole Sullivan, for me, like I said, once we, we went through his film right here, recruiting hour, and I was like, you know what? Okay. I like the competition he plays against and yep. the instincts he has. So, you know, I think we're getting better more athletic and more instinctive linebackers in the yeah. linebacker room. And that makes a difference. Yeah. And I, I definitely understand, you know, the, the skepticism on linebacker recruiting in 2024. I, I totally get that. And again, we could talk about that, but all I know, Sean, is the guys that Notre Dame's trending well with the one thing you can't tell me is that Notre Dame's not going to get longer or more athletic and continue to get longer and more athletic. Like you might not, some people I'm sure that watch the show, Sean, that aren't big fans of Cole Sullivan, which is fine. You have your opinion, right? But I mean, my guy is a legit six, three plus and he's athletic, right? So it's not like yeah. they're just bringing in people just say like, Oh, they're just bringing in these six foot six, one linebackers who lack length. And no, that's not what's happening. You might not like the targets potentially, but you can't tell me that they're not bringing in length and athleticism. You can't tell yeah. me that. It's can't not, say that. That's not what's happening. Right. So yeah. Cole Sullivan, I think it's going to be a Notre Dame, Michigan, Penn state battle until the end. We shall see if Notre Dame is able to move the needle there. Sean, want to go to two offensive linemen. Actually, no, we'll, we'll save that one because that's probably going to be a pretty long conversation during this podcast. It's probably going to be pretty long. Let's go to Darian Mayo, Sean, who is a defensive end out of Good Council High School in Olney, Maryland. First trip ever to Notre Dame. 
6'6", 240 pounds. This is also another 2024 recruit, by the way. The only 2025 kids that we've hit on is Deuce Knight, and I'll have like a slight note of Ryan Gee at the end, who's a tight end out of out of the state of Georgia. Damian Ma- Darian Mayo is a defensive end, long, Sean. Long, athletic, explosive, very raw football player, though. He's one, he's one that hasn't been playing football for very long. He was an AAU basketball player. Basketball was kind of his focus early on in his high school career. But now, obviously, he's getting looked at by a lot of schools, man, like Clemson, Auburn, Florida. A lot of SEC schools are after him, including Notre Dame, right? So, Sean, we uh, kind of the note that we had on Darian Mayo was we thought that Darian Mayo, they really moved the needle for him a little bit this weekend. You know, it was very receptive to the visit. I think they definitely caught his eye. There's no doubt. This is just one where – this is it's just going to this is going to be a long haul type of conversation Sean like this is one where you're going to have to keep recruiting him hard and have to try to get him back on campus again like that's going to be a big thing for it the, the, I, I just don't know if the windows are going to match up with this one for me he's I don't know if he is going to be in commit mode and with you know, with Notre Dame in a good position when Notre Dame still has room for him. That's just yeah. kind of where we are, right? Like, I think that you feel good about where they are with the Smith twins. You feel good about Bryce Young, obviously. You feel good about Justin Scott, although Justin Scott's another one of those kids where Justin Scott's always good. They're always going to be room for Justin Scott in this class. Like, there's never not going to be room for Justin Scott. Right. I think that they did a good job with Derry Mayo, and I would expect them to keep recruiting Derry Mayo. I just don't know how realistic that one is. Like that's kind of where it is. But it was still a really good visit. I think that they they made an impact with them. I just don't know if it's going to. I just don't know if it's going to be a fit long term, and not a fit for negative reasons at all. Just a fit as in the board just might be full by the time he's in decision mode. Like that's kind of where we are with it. Yeah, it's tough, right? <laughs> you know, if things line up and the dominoes fall the way we think they're going to fall, it will be a battle of, you know, is there a spot left? Pretty much. Not a battle, really, but I guess it could be a battle with the staff. Then, like, man, you know, do we still want him? Do we give a spot away in this position or that position? There's going to be a little bit of pressure, Sean. I mean, like, call it what it is. Like, the staff's going to be like, hey, man, like, we can't wait forever, right? Like, we can't wait forever. It's it's kind of that type of situation. So – you snooze, you lose, right? Even in recruiting, <laughs> you know. I guess so. I just, I just hope Notre Dame isn't the, uh, I just hope Notre Dame isn't the loser in that situation by picking the wrong Man. guy. But that's another conversation for another day, you know. Yeah. And they also have, and I think Keith Wiegand just put in the chat, Sean Malachi Williams is also another talented Viper type that's going to be on campus coming up soon. So Darian Mayo, Malachi Williams, Jacob Smith, like there's a lot of competition, man. A lot of competition. You but, know how uh, I feel about Malachi. Kid's a, kid's a freak, man. Philadelphia man. guy. Philadelphia guy is a freak. There's no doubt. Yep. He's a, he's a really good football player. So they're going to get him on in April as well. April's a big month. April, and then we're going to start seeing a lot of official visits in June from some guys. Yeah. You know, And that's going to be a really busy couple of months for the site, obviously. So make sure to stay tuned. But, you know, again, they did a good job with Terry Mayo. Just I don't know if it's going to match long-term, but we shall see, obviously. We shall see. 
Next, uh, so let's start the offensive lineman conversation, Sean. Actually, no, we're not going to do that yet. We're going to save that for last. I keep changing my mind on this one, Sean. <laughs> Just want to quickly hit on Aaron Scott, who is the cornerback out of Springfield, Ohio. Basically, what it was, Sean, great visit. Notre Dame did well. They just, I just don't think that they did. I don't think that it quite was enough to overtake Ohio State and Michigan, right? Like those are the two schools that are standing out. Ohio State, I think, has a comfortable lead there, but Michigan's in that conversation as well. Yeah. Just don't think Notre Dame had enough. I don't think they were able to make up enough ground with Aaron Scott. I just, I think they really put themselves in a great position with Caleb Beasley to potentially make that flip at some point. I just don't think they quite did enough with Aaron Scott. I think they had a great trip. Yeah. I think Aaron Scott likes Notre Dame. It's just he's an Ohio kid, right? Ohio State is his, he has an affinity to Ohio State. Yep. And then also Michigan's done a good job with him. So it's just kind of where we are, man. I just don't think they made up uh, made up enough ground with Aaron Scott. You know, no, yeah. no, no fault to them. They did it. They did. They put their best foot forward. Yeah. It was always just going to be a tough get to get Aaron Scott out of Ohio. It's always going to be that way. It's a lot of good defensive backs in Ohio at twenty four, isn't it? There is, man. <laughs> so, there I mean, is. it's to the point where, you know what? You go after all of them, and if you end up with only two or three, then you're probably going to end up with two or three really good players. Yeah. We have an Ohio State fan says, no chance Scott is a Buckeye. Okay. All right. That's not kind of what we're hearing, but okay, cool. We can uh, we keep moving on there. All right. Sean, oh, uh, I just yeah. saw that, oh, no chance of what? Wait he's talking about Justin Scott? I'm talking about, I'm talking about Aaron Scott? Scott if he's talking oh, about oh, Justin yeah, yeah. Scott. I, okay. That's why I was looking like, wait a minute. Yeah. I thought he was talking okay. about Ar- – I, I was talking about Aaron Scott. I don't know if yeah. he was talking about Justin yeah. Scott in the chat. I'm not, yeah. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. Sean, let's get to the offensive lineman talk, man. Let's get into it. One, two guys that we're going to talk about. Kevin Haywood's out of Pope John II. Mm-hmm. He is a Pennsylvania guy. Another Pennsylvania guy is while missing offensive lineman Caleb Brewer out of Reading, PA, who we have talked about a ton on this channel. Everybody knows yeah. that we that I am a big fan of Caleb Brewer. I know Sean is as well. Aaron Scott's not going to Ohio State. Is that what we're saying? I'm sorry. The chat keeps getting me distracted, man. So Caleb <laughs> Brewer, offensive lineman out of Wild missing. Pope John Paul II, offensive lineman Kevin Haywood. This is basically where we are with this one, Sean. I'll start with Haywood. Okay. Haywood is in a situation where we talked about this. His visit schedule over the next like four weeks is just ridiculous, man. He's going anywhere. Well, not anywhere. He's going everywhere. They have schools that are kind of recruiting him, man. He's going down to Miami at some points. He's been doing the Midwest swing. I think he's going down to Tennessee, if I remember correctly. Like he's going everywhere. He's absolutely okay. going everywhere. A lot of suitors for the six, seven, 295 pounds. Oh, gotcha. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. This chat is messing me up, man. Stop saying stuff in the chat about Aaron Scott. You're messing me up, guys. You're messing me up. I'm just kidding, obviously. So, Haywood, Sean. I think that Haywood really loved the visit. I think the Notre Dame made legit, legit progress there. The question is, as far as he wasn't really recruited much by Joe Rudolph when he was at Virginia Tech. So, that relationship is very new. Yeah. Right? And I don't think that this is one that's going to happen anytime quick. And I'm not necessarily predicting Notre Dame to get Kevin Haywood. I just think that they'll be in the mix, obviously, when it's all said and done. Like, I think they'll be in the conversation at least for a bit. I don't know if the ultimate ends lands with him. But I think but I think that we're in a situation here, in my opinion, that you make a good progress, but there's a lot of work to do from that from that 
from that personal connection perspective between Joe Rudolph and Kevin Haywood. That's kind of where we are, but good progress there. The other ones. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, we, we expected some of that, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. With the transition. So still got an opportunity. Yep. And then one thing, and then the other guy, Caleb Brewer, Mm -hmm. who I felt good about Notre Dame's chances for a long time, long time. I've always been, in my opinion, that it's a Notre Dame, Michigan. I mean, sorry, Notre Dame, Penn State conversation because his teammate just went to Pennsylvania to Penn State this last year, Javen Williams. He's, you know, that that part of the Pennsylvania is very Penn State pro in that little section. And I'm I'm in this situation here, Sean, where by all accounts, and I'll have a little bit more on Caleb probably in the near future. Caleb had a really good visit there. I think it, it met his expectations as far as the school. But this is the situation we're in, Sean. This is probably going to run most of our conversation here, is that Notre Dame views Caleb Brewer as an interior offensive lineman. That's what they view him as. They don't, they don't view him as an offensive tackle. And when you have two offensive tackles in the class right now, and Anthony Knapp and Peter Jones – that are probably going to start the career at offensive tackle, Sean, but we've talked about it. They're probably going to be guards, most likely long-term, or at least interior players. There is a question if Caleb Brewer will have a place in this class, and I'm not sure that he will ultimately because I think Notre Dame views him as a pure interior player, and they have a couple guys in the class already that may also be interior players long-term. So just don't know if there's going to be a spot for Caleb, man. Just not sure. Hogwash. Absolute hogwash. Double R. Yes. Based upon what you said, yep. that would mean that Anthony Knapp is viewed as, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Anthony Knapp is viewed as being more athletic than Caleb Brewer. He's definitely apparently being viewed as more of an offensive tackle than Caleb Brewer is. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's what it seems. Again, you know, right. we 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 um we we looked we we kind of commented on this when Anthony Knapp was was committed to Notre Dame, Sean. That Notre Dame definitely view like they think that Caleb that they think that Anthony Knapp is going to have an opportunity to play offensive tackle at Notre Dame. That also means though that he could transition inside. But the point of this is that if Caleb Brewer did come to Notre Dame, he would start off as an interior offensive lineman. He wouldn't get a shot at offensive tackle. To your point find that interesting can't say that i would agree with that assessment but once again you know certain things that come with transition different eyes on different prospects and different views and it's unfortunate to build up a relationship that was really looking solid in favor of notre dame and then to um I, i just I, it, I, it, it, it doesn't mean that Caleb won't end up being a part of Notre Dame's plan or Notre Dame class. It's just that I feel very, I feel that it's much more unlikely than coming into the visit. That's just kind of where I am. Hey man, this is Notre Dame. Yep. I just want people to recognize this. This is Notre Dame. This is Notre Dame, right? You say, well, Sean, what do you mean by that? Dylan McCullough came in as the running back coach. And 
I think he immediately got the point that he was no longer at the University of Indiana. Yep. As a football coach. So he was willing to take the heat for having a conversation, a real conversation, with a running back that was committed to Notre Dame. Yep. And that conversation ultimately culminated in Jeremiah Love joining the 2023 Notre Dame class. Now, (laughs) Dela McCullough recognized, man, if I'm going to be a running back coach in Notre Dame, that means I can go and get a different level of of running back. And that's what Jeremiah Love is, to your point. And and I don't have to settle. Yep. So I'm not saying Anthony Knapp is one or the other. All I like I, I, I like Anthony Knapp. It's just I, yeah. I think it's just the perspective on what he is yeah. is where I'm yeah. kind of losing it, or I'm kind of. I, I just, yeah. I just make. I just want to make. I hope, shall I say? I hope that moving forward, you know, the people we see Notre Dame going after on the offensive line are elite premium talent because it's Notre Dame. It's not any other school. It's not a school where you have to go out and really look and develop kids. And No, 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 no. This is Notre Dame. It's, Notre Dame has a history of playing true freshmen at tackle. That's the talent that Notre Dame gets. Notre Dame has a young man coming in the fall in the offensive line that, <laughs> honestly, we had a conversation that if he was an early enrollee. Could he start? And, he would not have yeah. he would not have had his injury, minor injury that he's dealing with, and he probably is one of the starting five. This is Notre Dame on the offensive line. You don't have to go get projects at Notre Dame. Go get dudes. Yep. On the offensive line. And hopefully that's what we see moving forward in recruiting. And man, if if Notre Dame ended with an offensive line class, Sean, of Peter Jones, Anthony Knapp, Caleb Brewer, and Gerby Lambert, I would not say a word about it, man, because that's a dang good offensive line class. But I know I have questions because we know that Gerby Lambert is going to be a he's going to be a priority for Notre Dame moving forward, just as he has Absolutely. been for months, right? Like that's a priority offensive tackle for Notre Dame. I have serious questions about who that second offensive tackle is in this class now, outside of Gerby, as far as the guys that aren't committed to the class, right? Like yeah. I have concerns. If you don't see Caleb as an offensive tackle, you're probably not going to get it. But shall see, man. We shall see. But it's kind of where we are with it, man. Hey, man. Just recruit to the logo. That's all. That's it, man. So there's a standard, right? And yeah, can't forget that. Can't forget that to your point. So that's kind of the update on Kevin Haywood, offensive lineman, and Caleb Brewer, offensive lineman out of Pennsylvania. Did Aaron Scott already? We talked about Deuce tonight. Last guy I wanted to hit on real briefly, Sean, because we, you know, it's not a massive update. I did put, I do have an article that's coming out on it probably later today. Actually, it might be out. Yeah, it's out at five o'clock p.m. Eastern time. If anybody wants to read it, it's on Ryan Gee, who's an who's a tight end out of the universe, out of Georgia. Excuse me. Twenty twenty five, six five and a half, two hundred forty pounds. Sean, big boy. He was actually on campus last weekend with his mom. Yeah, had a tremendous visit. We talked about it. He hit me up on like Monday or Tuesday. It was like, "Hey, I'm going back to Notre Dame again this weekend." I'm like, "Really? What was that?" And he he uh, he said that he wanted his dad to come be able to see it. He wanted his 
um, his siblings to be able to come and see it. I think at least one of his brothers came with him on a visit. Another tremendous visit, Sean. Like got the opportunity to talk to academic staff, saw the practice, toured with the with the with the dad. Yeah, all that great stuff. So Ryan Gee had a tremendous visit. I know most people out there are probably like, oh, he's committing, blah, blah, blah. Nope, he's not. That's not what this kind of is right now. I wouldn't expect Ryan Gee to make a commitment for several months here. I don't think this one's going to be happening anytime soon. It's just it's very high on Notre Dame, man. This is what it is. He wants the whole family to be able to see it because obviously there will be a decision that will be made eventually. Sean, he already is planning trips back during the summer and the fall. So, Look, man, I watched this young man. He was one of the tight ends that I watched follow the tight end group around and watch their drills and watch, you know, everything that Jared Parker was hammering home as he was coaching them. Along, I think his dad was kind of like maybe about 10 feet behind him off to the right a little bit, but he definitely has legit interest in Notre Dame. I know Michigan um, is interested in him as well. So he's a big time talent, big time talent. I would expect him. I would expect him to be a part of like Junior Day, probably. Yeah, probably. I would think so oh, yeah. he could probably be a part of Junior Day. So that would probably be his summer visit. You know, and yeah, I, uh, I, I like the kid too. I like yeah. what I saw in this film. So he puts kids in body bags on the perimeter. Sean, he's a Yo, very good walker. He's, he's good all walker. love. He's all love the height. That he's listed as as well. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, he weighed in at Notre Dame actually bigger than what he was listed at on all the recruiting service. He was six <laughs> five and a half, two hundred forty pounds, man. As yeah. a sophomore in high school, like he's a massive kid, man. And he's also he's some pretty good chops as a receiver. It's just he wasn't used that much as a sophomore. I expect him to take a huge jump as a junior, though. So I like Ryan D. Notre Dame's in a good place after the visit. So that's kind of the intel from this past weekend. We're going to get into some recent offers this past week for Notre Dame, but don't go anywhere because we have a long show still ahead of us. Going to talk about some new newest offers for Notre Dame, as well as hitting the mailbag here at the end. So before we transition to a couple of the new offers, like button, subscribe to the podcast, notification bell, all that great stuff. Head over to CFB Nation, check out the uh, check out the YouTube channel and the podcast platform. We have shows on. General college football. We have shows on recruiting. We had the Lucky Lefty podcast, of course, with Sean Davis and Malik Zaire. They spin it differently. So make sure you check out those shows as well. But that is going to do it for this portion of the Notre Dame Recruiting Hour. <laughs> 